Hi, you're listening to the TL Podcast. My name is Thomas Lehuang, and I am interviewing someone who seems ordinary, but who is achieving extraordinary things. That is the quest of this interview. I've been hearing so much about this Phil Harris, this Phil Harris, and he's doing this and he's doing that. And I'm thinking, I have to talk to the man. I mean, this, this, uh, I, I need to hear it for myself. So you, you're a bit of a legend now in South Australia, if not even Australia, just starting to, uh, to hear I, so much about you. I don't know about, I don't know about that, but I'm, I'm trying my hardest. You, you are something of a phenomenon, 15 years of experience, right? You founded Harris Real Estate. You've, one, the salesperson of the year, Real Estate Institute, South Australia. You've won the Golden Gavel Auctioneering Champion. You, you now won last year, the large residential agency of the year. I mean, you have five offices. I mean, what, what is it? What is it that Phil Harris has got that special? I, I think uh, it's kind of always hard to kind of put it down to one thing, but like what you mentioned before, like I've I've been fortunate enough to have some very good people around me. So I can, we've got a, you know, and, and we started small, like we started with five, you know, we had five people in our organization now are about 180 where we're independent. We're not franchised, but we've always had a core, like the very core of, of Harris is there's very, very good people at the core of that. But I would say, so number one is we've got very good people, but I think maybe what we've done better than others, I, you know, we're not necessarily the best at sales or the best at PM. I think we're very good in, I think what makes Harris good is we're very good at most all areas. You know, yeah, some people have strong parts of their business and weak parts and others. We are very strong the whole way through. However, our, I think what I've noticed is the difference between Harris and other companies is that we are certainly a lot more passionate and a more, much more strategic about continually improving our processes so we every day we have very structured strategic plans where we are continuing to improve and so every day i feel this organization we get better and better and better so it's quite relentless and i think that i have not many agencies actually really try and build a better business every day you know? yes yes but I'm, I'm gonna ask you this question not many people have got 180 people around them okay and mm-hmm. I, I went through your website and I, I looked at the quality of the people and, and, and they all look great. So mm-hmm. there has to be something that you have that attracts these people. You, they don't just turn up because you're just good a little bit here and there. So, so what is it about you, Phil, that you give these people? What, what is it that they come to you for? Oh, you have to ask them. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think what you said 15 before, but I've been doing this for 12. I've been in real estate for 20 years now, right? Oh, right. So I'm 40 now. I, you know, I started when I was 20 and I've always had a, a strong passion and desire for growth. So yeah. wanting to improve and wanting to get better. But equally to that, I've also had probably even more passion and more growth for serving, growing, helping other people. I always loved training other people. So when I first started, as soon as I started doing well, I started off in a little franchise office. 
I'd be coaching that little sales team on what I was doing to get more listings or to make more sales. Then I moved to another large independent agency. I became, uh, I was a salesperson. I wasn't being paid for it, but effectively I was head of sales training in that organization. And so I grew people, not being egotistical about it, but people grew around me. Does that make sense? So I was always, I, as I said, I didn't, I didn't want to be paid, but like, okay, guys, on Thursday mornings, every Thursday, eight o'clock to 9.30, uh, I'm doing listing training. Don't, not compulsory. Anyone who wants to turn up can turn up. So all these people would turn up and I'd be doing training and coaching, all that sort of stuff. So then when I opened my organization, when I opened Harris going back 11 years ago, I had so many people just wanted to join the organization. Like it wasn't, yeah, I, I say that humbly. It was not like, oh, look at me, I'm so good, but it was, so many people wanted to be a part of, of I, I couldn't believe it. So I left an organization and a whole range of people wanted to follow me. So we want to come with you and be a part of it. Uh, and so today that still remains the, the, the focus. Harris Real Estate is a training organization. And so we're a training organization. We just happen to specialize in real estate, but it could be car sales. It could be selling boats. It could be selling planes. It could be we're a training organization that does real estate. We're not a real estate organization that does a little bit of training. Does that make sense? So yes. it's an edu- it's an education growth environment. That's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to be a part of that. But if you want to come here, it's not about comparing yourself to others, but it is about becoming the best version of yourself. And I, I try to... I like I that. Know, I, I like that. I, yeah, I, 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 like I try to get people to see in themselves what I can see in them. That's, that's the focus. <laughs> it feels to me like I'm uh, looking at myself in the mirror now. I'm talking to the same person. So, so uh, really what it is, is that the, your magnet is the fact that you're a giver. Your magnet is the fact that you are seeing the best in others and you've got the tools for getting that out. And no wonder people want to flock to you, mainly because everyone wants to change their best selves. And so if yeah. and, cool, why not? Correct. And, and, and it's not an overnight thing. It's a, you know, it, it's a lifestyle that's being developed over the best part of a couple of decades now. And the snowball gets bigger and bigger because, you know, there's so many success stories now of people that joined us as 21, 22 year old kids and they're now 30 and they're, they're writing millions of dollars in fees. And so people hear about this, you know, this story of this young person who joined Harris and five years later, they're a top performer. And so it builds this momentum of other people saying, Hey, how do, how do I get a job at Harris? I want to get a job at Harris, you know? Right. So what would be, if I said to you, so what would be your leadership style? Is it mainly um, transforming kind of leadership where you just train them and then that's it? Or is there, is there something else? Well, I, I think first and foremost, like I'm very self-critical in terms of, I think that leadership is less about what you say. It's more about who you are. So you can't, you can't fake that. And so, you know, I'm very big on having values and having strong integrity and, and absolutely doing the right thing. So I 100% do my best to live that. And so the team sees it. Um, so I think that my, my leadership style is, yeah, this is who I am. And I, I try to set a high benchmark or for, for values and for integrity and doing those sorts of things. Yeah. In terms of leadership strategy, my leadership strategy is how do I serve others and how do I help other people become the best version of themselves? That's all I try and do. And then I've got strategies around that, you know? So three basic things I try to do every single day is number one is greet people with intent, which is a, I learned this not that long ago, which is, but I've kind of always done it. So 
uh, first thing every morning is making sure I shake as many people's hands as I possibly can and make sure I say their name every single morning. So I really try and get out there and greet people on purpose every morning. Second thing is start the fire. So every morning, what can I do to get Harris Real Estate up and running, turn the cogs? So is it an email I send out to the whole company or an SMS or is it my management team? So like start the fire. And I think the third thing we need to be doing as leaders is you have to be very good in real estate of, of not keeping a scoreboard. So without kind of being esoteric, but just learning to forgive people. So I think that, you know, people's behavior can not be great, particularly salespeople at times, but you've got to learn to forgive, forget, move on. And how do you just help that person become a better version of themselves? So that's kind of my day-to-day strategy of what I, I try to follow. I don't get it right all the time. I, I make lots of mistakes, but certainly the intention is there to you know, become the best version of myself as well. That is amazing. So, so what and I'm, only, I'm, I'm only just starting to get a hang of it now. Like we're, we're 11 years into business. Like the first five was a roller coaster. The, la- the, the three after that was kind of starting to get a hang of it. The last two to three years, I feel like Harris Real Estate has really come into its own now. We've got strong leadership. Uh, we've got more mature people in the building. You know, we'll probably do 2,500 sales this year. So it's a, a large kind of turnover of, of, of sales. So I feel like the company's just starting uh, five offices. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like it's, it's, it's really starting to gather momentum now. Yes. Uh, so I, I, I noticed that many of your offices are either inside Adelaide or south of Adelaide. So, so let's imagine now I'm from the north and I want to join you. What's the, my criteria for you to say, yeah, you can join me? Uh, is it my results or, or something else? Yeah, results, results uh, and culture. Is, you know, we've, got, we've got successful people that work in uh, country rural locations for us now who are purely virtual agents. They don't have any office space, but they're using the Harris Systems process. And they're number one in their markets without even having an office. You know, So it doesn't have to be geographical is no barrier to us there is a level of expectation around performance here without a doubt not everybody has to write two million dollars a year like tom hector but certainly you know there's an expectation you're selling probably a couple of properties per month to be here okay so what if what if the culture is not so right what if you know they they, they're the top in their area number one um, but you've heard that you know there's a few things that's not so right. Well, I mean that would be very that would be very normal for us. I think that we battle with that like every yeah like like you know I, I go to these conferences and I hear these kind of principles like oh you know we it's all about culture. If we don't care if they're writing a million dollars a year, if they're not culturally right on, then we wouldn't have them in our company. Like that's just nonsense, you know. So in my opinion, right. So if I wanted everybody to have the exact same values, culture as me, then it'd be, I don't know, me and two other people working here. So uh, there are certain things that are a constant battle and constant work to keep trying to get people onto the bus. But then there are also certain things that you cannot tolerate at all. But that, they're two very different things. What would you know? But I am. Well, I think if you're starting to, you know, clearly if you're breaking the law and doing things unethically or illegal, then that's going to be a, a major, major drawback. You know, like if you're just a super unpleasant person who just, you know, certain people, they just can't help but pick a fight with everyone they meet, you know, so that's kind of not for us. It's it, it's it's hard to kind of explain, but I think you're, uh, my responsibility as a leader is to, like, I am continually realigning people to the mission and the purpose and the values of the organisation. That's what we do. 
And by the way, I'm continually realigning myself to the mission, the purpose and the values of myself, you know, so no one walks this path perfectly. Right. So yeah, it's a combination of realignment. It's a combination of grace of kind of giving people a break, uh, but also reminding people of, of what we stand for, and what we don't, you know? No, that's nice. I like that. So it's not black and white, right? But a lot of young leaders or new leaders or new business owners, it's always black and white. And, and, and quite often it's, it's black and white when it comes to the employees. And then they have a, a different set of culture for, the, for themselves. Yeah. And that was me when I first started my company 11 years ago. I was black and white. I thought that everybody had to be like me. I was one of those typical young guys 11 years ago. I was in the office by 7 a.m. I was making my 40, 50 calls by midday. And that's just rubbish. That's not for everyone. I've got, I've got people in this organization now that are middle-aged mothers and they sell two or three homes per month and they drop their kids off at school every morning. They pick these kids up from school every day. They might make five or 10 telephone calls per day, but like that's totally different to what I would have preached 11 years ago. So I think that there is uh, there's places for all sorts of people and all different styles in real estate. There are fundamental patterns that are the same but there are different styles and different people that can operate successfully in, Zorba, in uh, certainly in Harris anyway. Okay. So when you start, you're always a little bit black and white. So what was the click? What was the moment of a click in you that went, no, I, I, I need to work with people. Was there one of those defining moments? Probably when I realized that I wanted to do something maybe a little bit bigger than the half a dozen people that started with me, right? Like if you want to scale a business in real estate, which is so personality driven, you're going to have to have so many more broader approaches. So as our company started to grow, more people equals more personalities, more personalities equals more diversity. So that kind of got me thinking, you know what? Uh, but also like, you know, what young people don't want to hear these days is some things just take time. Like I see young principals, like, you know, they want to have a business like Harris Real Estate, but they don't want to grind for 20 years either. Like, like Harris is not a pop-up company. I've been, I've been in real estate for 20 years now. So it's not an overnight success. Like we've been doing this for a while and some things just take time. And a 40-year-old Phil Harris has a very different decision-making process to a 30-year-old Phil Harris, right? And, and I know a 50-year-old Phil Harris in 10 years' time. I'm going to think very differently to what I do today. So it's this evolution and growth path that we're on. And so now, yeah, I, in, in maturing in my own leadership style, I want to help as many people as I possibly can of all different walks of life, different age groups, different backgrounds. So you know, there are some fundamental things that got to be done. Like you've got to be viable and you've got to be profitable, but there are different ways of going about it. Uh, and we want all of those people to be part of the Harris journey. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, for example, uh, having my twins has been a huge defining moment. And How old are your twins? Uh, they're 13 now. Oh, and, wow. Amazing. And so for me, when they were born, making a decision, I'm going to have dinner with you every night was a defining way a moment for me and also a defining way for me to change the way I work. So everyone's got different. But mate, well, I say, well, well done to you. I was going to say as well, I have a four-year-old boy and a one-year-old boy and uh, my thinking is different now. Yep. My respect for working mothers is completely different <laughs> now. I, I realized what a jerk I was previously, you know, before I had kids and I'd kind of 
have no understanding or no respect of the challenges that, you know, that working parents have, not just mums, but dads as well. Yeah. So I had no idea. Young, brash, inexperienced, whereas two boys have, have humbled me and two boys have given me a far greater respect for, for working mums and families, you know. Mm. So, so what will be uh, the, the weaknesses that we're having as we, as we move from here now? Uh, it can't be the, the the boys, right? So, so there will be some weaknesses in terms of num the the, the number of people around you is growing. Your yeah. time is going to be lessened. I understand you're probably going to have some kind of management team that's going to alleviate you from mundane things. Delegation is going to happen. But where is that leadership of yours moving to now? Um, I, I I still have a very strong passion for the sales team, so I'm working very hard. Uh, I'm head. I'm Jump. I, I wasn't running the sales department before, so I'm going to co-share that role with another individual. So focusing hard on sales is where I want to be, but it's really about now kind of crystallizing and isolating what I'm good at and what I'm passionate about. And so uh, I am very good at training and coaching the sales teams. I want to spend time there. I'm also, you know, one of my skill sets is developing training content for our sales team. So uh, I'll spend time there. And the other third thing is really, you know, recruiting new talent to join our organization. So they're kind of the the three things that I will spend my time on. So the challenge for me is right now at the moment, I'm doing too much and I'm letting people down because I'm taking on too many different roles. So it's about getting the education required and the right people around me to assist me to say, okay, those things that I've previously done, it's now time to let go of those so that I'm not the blockage in the organization. So I don't want to be the, you know, the cork in the bottle that stops the organization moving forward. So how do we get Phil out of the way of doing things he's done in the past so that other people can do it so that the company continue to grow and move forward. So that's probably the, the weakness of mine is letting go of certain things, but I'm, I'm getting a lot better at doing that now. Right. Right. May, may, I, may I say that it could be that um, a lot of leaders as they grow, they still believe that they have to be the, the top dog. And so may I say that maybe letting go of selling and listing is your aim. And I, I thought that you tried to do that a few years ago. I don't list and sell anymore. Yes, yes. I had to stop doing that. Yeah, that doesn't, doesn't work for me now. What else are you trying to stop then? The main thing I'm trying to stop is trying to get involved in most departments. So... I'd always like, you know, stick my nose in property management or stick my nose into the operations manager or so I'm trying to go, hang on, sales is my focus. Grow salespeople and recruit more salespeople. Phil, right. focus right. on those two things. Yeah. Right. I see. Okay. So the day-to-day -day management is no longer what you want to be in. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And I want to add, I want to put, I, I do a lot of innovation as well, which is looking for new ideas and uh, going to conferences and talking to people like you. And, you know, I was at a conference yesterday and I got a few good ideas. So I get those ideas. I bring them back. I do my best to sell them to our management team and, and hopefully we implement them. Yeah, that's, all, that's something nice for me to hear. Can, can, can I just ask you, because I know that you're driven by innovation. Where do you think Risa is heading with this um, COVID area about to finish or still going in Sydney now, but where, I heard today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So where, where are we heading over the next, let's say, four or five years? One of the great victories that came out of COVID, and it's hard to remember kind of the pre-COVID environment because it feels like, 
it's been here forever now. But if you remember the big conversation before COVID was like disruption, everything was about disruption. Like everything was about technology is going to replace us. They're going to get rid of us. Like they won't need a property manager. won't need a salesperson. I think one of the very refreshing things to me that came out of COVID, the moment COVID kicked in, uh, real estate agents became really important again. You notice that, you know, like the lockdowns. Yeah. And so I think what we've, what's kind of become really clear is that agents, well, I think we're here to stay. Right. And COVID showed that. Right. Like everyone's like, oh, I need I need an agent to get this thing done. So I don't think we're going anywhere. I think that the shifts that we're going to see is that we're certainly starting to see some more scale coming to organizations now where companies like ours and there are other independents around Australia are starting to do very, very big volume where maybe some of the resources, systems and processes that we can provide salespeople to write bigger numbers in our environment there's a bigger gap that's starting to be created between good agencies and poor agencies i think that's what is going to be the most influential thing in our industry i think we'll start to see more and more market share going to the better agents and it's going to get even harder to be an average agent because average agents they're not implementing technology they're not getting trained up they're not getting skilled up and so that gap between somebody who's doing it well and the average operator is like getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So yeah. I think that's what we're going to experience the most in the next kind of four or five years. Okay. Listen, man, I've taken enough of your time, but I want to end with just one question, if I may. How do you know you, you lead a good life? I think for me, uh, well, for everyone, I think that's between you and your creator. So... Uh, <laughs> whatever your belief structure is uh i think that uh if that's between you and your creator if you think you're doing your best to serve and help and make a difference in other people's lives i think that's the direction of uh, what i'm about uh, i certainly don't profess to be perfect i know i'm not getting it right but i think my intention is to do the right thing nice. and provided i do that then i know i'm i think i'm living a, a very good life to do my best to help as many people as i possibly can Listen, thank you so much for your time today, Phil. And I hope we're no, going to catch up again because I, I really like your style. No, my pleasure. Anything I can ever do, give me a call. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.